This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals look to even the series tonight here in Boston. Evgeny Kuznetsov confirms he tested positive for COVID-19 a second time. Three years ago tonight, one of the best Caps defensive efforts in team history and a wild night last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, May 21st. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Realistic hopes for the Capitals this playoff year intersecting tonight with Game 4 of the East Division first round with the Boston Bruins. A win tonight on the road is all the Capitals need to even the series. Regain home ice, get a home game Sunday night back at Capital One Arena, and force the Bruins to win another game in D.C., But to make that happen, Ben, it will require a big bounce back tonight after two blown third period leads in game two and game three and two overtime losses, the latest of which required double overtime on Wednesday night here in Massachusetts. It's a Capitals team, John, that has dealt with adversity and several issues throughout the season from injuries to COVID absences, et cetera, and now being dealt uh, another hand here, not unlike many teams in the postseason, looking to bounce back from a couple of real deflating losses here, given the blown leads and missed opportunities. And perhaps most alarming here for the Capitals, John, is the fact that I think objectively speaking, you look at the Boston Bruins, they've seemingly gotten better as this series has gone along and going back to the overtime on Wednesday night, the overtime, the double OT, maybe the Capitals were running out of gas, but that was the best we've seen out of Boston at any point this series. They were coming in waves, and if not for Ilya Samsonov, game three on Wednesday could have ended a whole lot sooner. So the fact that Boston has momentum on their side, the fact their headliners are clicking and going well, the fact they're relatively healthy, several things working in their favor. We'll see if the Capitals have it in them to bounce back and hopefully pick up Ilya Samsonov after he played very well on Wednesday, only to be dealt the defeat with communication and a gaffe late in, uh, in the double overtime. On the subject of line combinations entering game four tonight, with an optional skate yesterday and an expected full skate this morning, should have a better idea of what those lines are going to look like. A lot of guys, Ben, are playing through injuries. Some like Lars Eller couldn't go in game three. There's a lot to watch for this morning as the Caps look to even the series and regain home ice in game four tonight. Yeah, we saw some tweaks to the top six in game three on Wednesday. The return of Evgeny Kuznetsov had a lot to do with that. You switched TJ Oshie back to his natural right wing position. But Laviolette suggesting during his meeting with the media yesterday, there might be more changes within the top six to keep an eye for ahead of game four, looking for more productivity from the headliners, particularly at even strength. You look at the top six for the Capitals, I think three games into the series, they've been limited to one goal from Tom Wilson at even strength. Ovechkin has a power play tally, Oshie with a power play goal. But as far as even strength play, Laviolette, the Capitals collectively, they're looking more from the top six. Wouldn't be surprised potentially for some tweaks within that top six, just as far as personalities and personnel and and maybe some juggling in that regard. But it's going to be a big story here for game four. Capitals need more from the top six starting tonight. Evgeny Kuznetsov was made available to the media yesterday here in Boston, where he confirmed to the media he tested positive for COVID-19 for a second time. Ilya Samsonov had been exposed to him. As Game 4 gets going here tonight, Ben, he's had a game to shake off some rust after being off the ice again for a couple of weeks. But he and his teammates 
are running out of racetrack. Big things needed from number 92. And as you mentioned a moment ago, others tonight. Yeah, and we'll see how Kuznetsov responds and steps up now in his second game since his COVID absence here. And I'll tell you, John, being on that Zoom call yesterday that Kuznetsov was a part of, he was in good spirits. He acknowledged, look, when he went through this in January, February, a positive test, he had symptoms. He acknowledged then, he repeated it yesterday. It was difficult for him in the winter to come back. It took him a few games. It took him a while to really feel to be himself. He said yesterday, at least this is what he's sharing publicly, this time it feels different. He's, again, he seems to be in good spirits. He said it didn't take him as long to start to feel right and feel better and feel himself when he got back on the ice. And he was hardly eased into things. Forget the fact it was a double overtime game for a moment, even in the first period. Top line minutes with Ovechkin and Oshi. And as the game goes along, he ended up playing 26 minutes and change. Only Ovechkin played more as far as the forwards are concerned. So if there was any concern with that conditioning of Kuznetsov's, maybe those concerns put the rest after he put in the, the time that he did in game three. And we'll see now how he comes back in game four, because now that he got his legs under him, it's time to start to create. It's time to get back to being the Kuznetsov on the ice that, that we've seen at times. Certainly uh, 2018 comes to mind, but one thing at a time, let's get him going and, and collectively that top six here in game four I don't think this is much of a debate but with three different goalies in the first three games of the series we believe that Ilya Samsonov did enough to earn another start in this first round matchup we know that Vitek Vanacek is not available and according to Peter Laviolette everyone else is so no surprises tonight in goal right one would think, one would think, let's see who's there when the puck drops. And, you know, I say that kind of jokingly, let's hope they get through the day and pregame warm up. We, we've become accustomed to expecting the unexpected here when it comes to the goaltending situations. But in all seriousness, Ilya Samsonov showed himself extremely well the other night. The 40 saves on the 43 shots he faced. Again, unfortunate for him, the gaffe that led to the eventual game winner in double OT. But aside from that, he was very good. He looked like a number one goalie. He looked like a starting goaltender. He didn't look like a guy making his Stanley Cup playoff debut through the first four periods and change uh, to start the second overtime session. So good on Samsonov to respond in the manner he did. I think he made a statement. I think he earned the trust and confidence again of his teammates. See him get a start, and maybe we'll see Craig Anderson suit up as the backup for this one. He's been in tight with some chances. He Even last night, he was in tight with one, and I thought maybe it was going to go. He's bringing the puck to the net. He's a big body that's generating. He's got a history of scoring goals. You'd like to think that it's going to pop for him. But I, I do think that he is one of the guys that's, that's inside and um, has had some quality looks. That's Peter Laviolette on Anthony Mantha. Will this be the night that Mantha breaks through and gets his first goal in these Stanley Cup playoffs? He's been knocking at the door the last couple of games. Is this also the night that Nick Backstrom gets the offensive production going? He's been quiet in this series. Is it the night the top six, to your point a few minutes ago, Ben, gets it going at five on five? We saw Alex Ovechkin get his first goal of the series. You mentioned TJ Oshie. But this team's bread and butter in the regular season was at five on five. It hasn't been there in this series. And if they want to get out of this first round, it better change quick. Yeah, the Bruins' top six, their top two lines, in other words, outscoring the Capitals' top six, four to one at even strength, three games into this series. And not only are the Bruins' headliners scoring goals, they're scoring big goals, meaningful goals, game tying goals, game winner goals, et cetera. And for the Capitals, still looking for that finish. 
To your point, to what Laviolette had to say about Anthony Mantha, team high 12 shots on goal through the first three games of the series. Mantha acknowledged, remember that two-on-one he had with Alex Ovechkin in the regular season finale, and he gave the puck to Ovechkin when we all thought Mantha should have kept it. Mantha said coming into this series, he needed to be more selfish. He needed to be a little bit more confident and be trigger happy. He's followed up on that. We keep saying it, John, it's only a matter of time before he finishes. Well, hopefully that's the case because he certainly had his opportunities off the rush from in close, crashing and banging atop the crease. We like what we've seen out of Mantha. To your point about Backstrom, look, we think of Backstrom more as the distributor, the playmaker, but he had a knack for finding the back of the net this regular season, particularly the first half of the year. And he said, Backstrom said, a lot of that had to do with himself just shooting more. Sounds simple. When three games into the series, he's been held to just five shots on goal across the three games. He's looking for a little bit more out of him. And John, I hope Nick Backstrom's okay. He missed the next to last game of the season. He was dealing with something, a lower body injury. Hopefully he's doing okay in that department. That's not a contributing factor to what so far has been a little bit of a slow start to this series for him. Yeah, I don't think there's really any question. This is a beat-up bunch coming into Game 4 as they try to get the series even. Finally today on the Caps front, before we get to other things, as they try to work their way back in the series, perhaps everyone can draw on some positive vibes from three years ago tonight and a memorable evening at Capital One Arena. Braden Point will send it back in along the right corner. And for Hedman, broken up and sent by Beagle towards center. Backstrom now will be the trailer into the zone and a shot here. They score! T.J. Oshie into the empty nets. We will see you in Tampa Bay on Wednesday night. It is 3-0 Washington. Uh, Well-deserved empty net goal for the Capitals. They played themselves a 60-minute hockey game. 49 seconds to go, but as you said, John, getting on the bird tomorrow for a big game seven in Tampa. That guy sounded really excited, didn't he? (laughs) Three years ago tonight, May 21st, 2018, Capitals avoided elimination, forced a game seven against the Tampa Bay Lightning, 3-0 the final, the second of what would be two straight shutouts by Braden Holt, Peter Klayman, Eastern Conference Championship, and a berth in the Stanley Cup final. Ben, you maintain, and as you told me yesterday, there are no wrong answers here, but the moments that mattered on the way to the Cup This one for you might have mattered the most that said, yeah, this year's going to be different. This was the one. It was even after the second round win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, I look at that game six. And by the way, great that we had that final call. Great we were actually able to hear you given how loud Capital One Arena was that night. If you could recall, it was such a great atmosphere that night. And I remember that was my takeaway from that night. Capitals were at home facing elimination they were down three games to two to Tampa they had lost three games in a row to the lightning all the momentum seemingly on the lightning side how often in years prior in the OV era had we seen the Capitals at home facing elimination the building is tense the sticks get tighter and it's always a a cloud of doubt in the building and I remember that night there was a constant buzz and the team followed suit. They were so physical that night, if you recall. Devontae Smith-Pelly, Brooks Orpik, Tom Wilson, they were all so physical. They won the game 3-0. The Capitals did. Scored twice late in the third period, if memory serves. And Braden Holpe stood tall, had the shutout, and then they went into Tampa Bay. It set the tone for another shutout win in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final, and it propelled them to eventually win the Stanley Cup over Vegas, of course. But I point to Game 6 at home, facing elimination. It was a reverse-the-script kind of tone I felt that night from not only the team, but the fan base, 
the atmosphere, everything that's around it. Arguably, John, I'll say one of my greatest memories covering the team for the past decade plus, three years ago today, Game 6, East Final. Well, hopefully there's some reversing of the script tonight as the Capitals and the Bruins do battle in Game 4. Capitals down in the series, two games to one. On the out-of-town scoreboard, we begin with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders last night. The Islanders battling back from two goals down in the third period to tie it up at 3-3. Jeff Carter would then give them the lead back. Held in by Malkin. Malkin holding on to it. Carter right in. He scores! Touchdown for 77. Jeff Carter on the power play. Yeah, Pittsburgh's Jeff Carter with the goal. John Forslund on NBCSN with a call. That was Carter's second goal of the game. 4-3 Pittsburgh. But wait, the Islanders with an answer late in the third. Cal Clutterbuck second of the third period. Tied the game at four, but then Brandon Tanev, a deflection goal, batted out of midair. The Penguins, late in the third period, take a 5-4 to four lead, and they win it by that same score in regulation, taking a two-games-to-one series lead. It was a crazy finish last night, but the Penguins, a win on the road, Ben, in game three. High event hockey involving the New York Islanders of all teams against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But yeah, big win on the road for Pittsburgh. Fort never lose at the Nassau Coliseum there. Islanders, one of the best teams on home ice this season. So the Capitals get that win. They regain home ice advantage in the process. How about Jeff Carter? A case could be made, objectively speaking. You put Taylor Hall in the conversation too. But if you're looking for the biggest trade deadline acquisitions from April 12th, guys who've made the biggest impact, I've been very impressed with what Jeff Carter's done in Pittsburgh, seemingly just continuing riding momentum from the regular season. He's been very good. Last night, the latest example. Florida and Tampa Bay last night. Tons of goals. Florida jumped out to an early 2-0 lead, only to see the Lightning rally and take the lead. And then into the third period, the Panthers down a couple of goals, would rally to force overtime with Patrick Hornquist early in the third, Gustav Forsling late in the frame, and then into overtime. With the Lightning up two games to none in the series, Ryan Lomberg would win it for the Panthers. Face off to the right of Bobrovsky. Panthers clear the puck out. And now, moving in with a shot as Lomberg, he scores! The only Panther who did not have a shot on goal in regulation last night wins it in overtime for Los Panteros. <laughs> Ryan Lomberg, the victory for Florida. Kenny Albert on the call there last night. Huge win for Florida. The road team now has won the first three games of that series. Panthers win 6-5 to five the final. And Ben, the Lightning, yeah, they still lead in the series two games to one, but they had been 28-0 and 0 this season when leading after two, and they led after two, and they did not win last night. My goodness, this game was wild last night. Ryan Lomberg, of all people, but this game, this game had everything. Radko Gudis getting into the scoring act as well. Each team blowing multi-goal leads and the Panthers rallying for the overtime win. That's great to see. I ultimately think that the Lightning remain in the driver's seat in this series, of course, still maintaining that 2-1 series lead, all the experience on their side. I still view this as big brother, little brother kind of relationship between the Lightning and Panthers. So good on the Panthers to win a game. And I would love to see this series continue to get extended. I didn't want it to be a 3 nothing series margin uh, after last night. So good on the Panthers to rally. The goaltending issues as well for the Florida Panthers as the Bob comes on in relief after he didn't get the start last night. So a whole lot going on between the Panthers and Lightning. Glad to see that series will go at least five. Montreal and Toronto, a scary first period moment when John Tavares was checked to the ice and then got clipped 
by the lower leg part of the skate of Montreal's Corey Perry in a bang-bang play. Tavares tried to get up. He appeared to lose consciousness as he did so, eventually taken off on a stretcher. Terrifying to watch live, Ben. Ken and I were watching at a sports bar here in Boston. The whole place went silent. Tavares gave the thumbs up as he left. Hopefully, he's going to be okay. He was taken to a Toronto hospital after the collision. But as for the game, a third period shorthanded goal by Paul Byron falling down. Brilliant goal for Byron and the Habs and Montreal, the team that almost no one in Canada is giving a chance to win this series, win 2-1 in regulation. Paul Byron is the first Canadians player to score a shorthanded third period go-ahead goal in the playoffs since Guy Carboneau in Game 3 of the 1993 Adams Division Final against Buffalo. Ben, you would know better than me, but I'm pretty sure 1993 was a pretty good year for Montreal. They take Game 1 and a bit of a stunner last night of the four versus one. Yeah, that 1993 season ended okay for the Montreal Canadiens. I've heard, John, there's a rumor going out there that's the last time a team from Canada won the Stanley Cup. I think that's been referenced just a couple, a couple of times. couple times, in, yes. In nearly 30 years since, yes. Yeah, big win for Montreal, and golly, they, I think the story, too, up in Toronto, first of all, yes, you hope for the best for, for John Tavares and that there's positive news on that front, but the Maple Leafs, they went through this this dress rehearsal of 56 games all year. The story for the Leafs for years. It's been, okay, we know you have regular season success. What are you going to do in the Stanley Cup playoffs? And, oh, no, they lose game one on home ice. Sports Talk Radio in Toronto today. That's going to be something. Phone line's going to be lit up. I'm sure everyone up there is taking it very, very well. I'm sure falling behind one nothing. But Maple Leafs with some work to do in the pesky Canadians, not unlike the bubble last season. They won a lot of games by 2-1 scores, low scoring. And uh, another example of it last night in game one against Toronto. Finally, last night, the late game featuring the Vegas Golden Knights visiting the Minnesota Wild in Game 3 at XL Energy Center. The Wild stealing a game in Nevada, coming home with the series tied at one game apiece. And it started well in front of the home folks. Ryan Hartman just 2.16 into the game, and Joel Erickson at the 8.30 mark. Draw one by Minnesota. Held in here, Kaprizov. Kaprizov back in front. They score. Well, putting it in is Ryan Hartman. They set Hartman right up on the doorstep. Erickson gunned that one on goal. Stopped by Fleury. Long drive. Dumba. That was knocked down in front. They scored a rebound. Eric Sinek, I believe, is going to be the current one on that one, Bob. That's Eric Sinek. That's his sixth career goal in 12 games against Marc-Andre Fleury. Bob Kurtz and Tom Reed with both goal calls here on the Wild Radio Network in the Twin Cities. The Wild then had a goal disallowed for an offside call, which would have made it 3-0 Minnesota. But in the second period, it was all Golden Knights. Vegas would outshoot the Wild 22-5, got 18 of the last 19 shots of the period, and the Knights would also score three times to take the lead. Mark Stone at 839, Patrick Brown at 1519, and Riley Smith at 1733. William Carlson and Stone with his second of the game scored late in a third to put it on ice final score vegas five and the wild two the knights end up battling out shooting the wild 40 to 16 and they earn back home ice advantage in their first round matchup the two teams meeting again at eight o'clock saturday night in the land of Ten Thousand lakes caps bruins uh, game four tonight starting at 6 30 caps game day at 3 30 what is coming up on the show today ben 
Uh, going to be looking again at the battle between the headliners, the top six for the Capitals, looking for more as opposed to the Boston Bruins, who continue to chug along, seemingly playing very well. Even with the double overtime defeat, we will have the ultimate Game 3 highlight montage. And also, Steve Wino from the Associated Press joining us on Caps and Bruins and a look around the Stanley Cup playoffs. That is at 3.30 this afternoon here on Caps Radio 24-7, CapsRadio247.com, or ask Alexa, hear it however you do. But thanks for tuning in here to Caps this morning. Ben, have yourself a great playoff weekend. Happy Friday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.